Welcome to the Wellness Hustle Podcast. I'm Kirsty Taylor, your host, a writer, a storyteller, and a wanderer of life. I struggled so much in the past, and it wasn't until I started to focus on myself that I saw true change and really started living my life. This podcast is aimed to help you realize that this whole work hard, play hard mantra bullshit has not been cutting it. We need to focus on what truly matters. Think of this podcast as a tool for finally hustling for yourself. So let's shift our focus from the external to the internal because in the end, you deserve it. Hey guys, welcome to another week, another episode of the Wellness Hustle. Yeah. So it is a day late. I am so sorry. I apologize sincerely. I went to San Francisco this weekend and I was like, it's fine. I will edit this episode on Monday. Monday came around and I felt extremely ill. So I had a horrible stomach ache. I felt completely nauseous and I ended up just laying in bed, watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and reading Heather Haverlasky's other book, um, How to Be Human in This World, or something like that. Anyways, yeah, sorry about that, guys, but it is here. So in the midst of being ill and sick, I also decided to finally start the advice column that I was talking about. I have a good friend, Charles, who has been very helpful in helping me manage all these different platforms between my writing and my podcast and he introduced me to this really cool platform called Substack. It's kind of like MailChimp, I guess. You're able to create newsletters through it and it actually also works as a podcast hosting platform, but that doesn't really matter to you guys because you don't see that part, that's back end, but yeah, so I made a newsletter on Substack. I made one for this, for the Wellness Hustle. If you want to receive the episodes for this in your mailbox every Tuesday, then go to wellnesshustle.substack.com. So wellnesshustle, easy enough, dot substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K.com. That'll be in the show notes. If you want to receive the episodes for this podcast straight to your email every Tuesday, just go and sign up. Easy enough. And then if you want to take it a step further and you're interested in my writing, I started an advice column, which is kirstytaylor.substack.com. It's called Words with Kirsty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> doesn't sound very creative saying it out loud. But anyways, you can go on there, subscribe, read my articles that I'll post, and then I'll also be answering at least one question a week. One question on relationships, mental health, psychology, life in general. Uh, yeah, so you guys can send in those questions to info at kirstytaylor.com. Feel free. I want to hear what you guys have to say. And just because your question isn't picked one week doesn't mean it couldn't be picked in the future. So subscribe to that as well. It'll be fun and I'm excited to start doing that. Uh, I wanted to start an advice column and I feel like Substack is a really cool platform to do that on. Let's see. I was in San Francisco this weekend. I really just wanted to get out of LA. It's been quite a while and I had a long weekend. So I decided to get away to the city. It's been a while since I traveled just alone. So it was nice to like get an Airbnb and kind of explore the city. The the first day on Friday, I walked 10 miles. If you know San Francisco at all, I walked from the dog patch up to Oracle over Oracle Park, over to the mission, down the mission to Potero Hill, and then back to the dog patch. And yeah, my 
My phone said I went 10 miles. <laughs> My feet felt like I went 10 miles too. I have horrible blisters. Yeah, and then I just saw uh, some friends on Saturday and on Sunday I got to see my cousin who is a new cousin. I didn't even know he existed until like two years ago, but that's a whole other story. One day, I keep saying one day it's going to be on a podcast, but one day I will tell you guys my 23andMe story or maybe it'll be published in a big publication before that and then I'll share it with y'all, but we shall see. I sent in my story to the Boston Globe, and I'm waiting to hear back from them. But anyways, this week I talked to Megan Gallagher. She is a motivational speaker for high school students on anxiety and mental health, and she also has an amazing TED Talk that if you just Google TED Talk Megan Gallagher will come on up. She is very focused on helping kids with anxiety and helping people understand those complicated feelings and feelings that people just don't talk about. Having depression myself, this topic is very dear and near to my heart, though anxiety is a bit of a new thing for me. So it's really interesting to talk with her and hear her experience and why she got into the work that she does. And I feel like it's a very important topic to talk about, especially in the, the realm of high schoolers, because it is plaguing kids and teens in our nation and people just aren't talking about it. People don't do anything about it until they're way older or, you know, kids hurt themselves and it's just so unnecessary and something that needs to be spoken about more. So I love the work that Megan does and I'm so glad that I got to talk to her in, we were, we met up in Santa Monica. It was really great to talk to her. I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go. All right. Hi guys. I am here with Megan Gallagher. I'm going to say that right, right? Yes. I always feel like I'm going to mess up someone's name. Megan Gallagher. On my podcast. <laughs> They're like, that's wrong. <laughs> and you said that, you told me earlier, that was, that's Irish. You're Irish. A hundred percent or almost a hundred percent. I think I'm like, um, 85 and there's some like Swedish and stuff, but like really strongly Irish. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Have you ever done one of those like ancestry test things? I have. I did, oh, you did? four months ago. I did a 23 and me nice. test kit and it was pretty accurate. It was like basically a hundred percent like uh, Western European, like all yeah. Irish, Swedish, Scandinavian, yeah. um, with a little bit of like French and stuff, but it was basically like your 100% like white European. Like you're very white. You were right. Yeah. I was hoping <laughs> for like this a, all along. I was hoping for like a 2% like Asian or like oh it's something like really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, it's funny you say that. I have a 23 and kit like sitting on my desk that I Actually, I don't even know where it is, but I'm like, I haven't, I haven't done it because both yeah. my parents have done it. I'm like, well, where are we going? I don't know why I got it. I actually have a really interesting 23andMe story, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole one dedicated to <laughs> my 23andMe. Like, actually, the story is really interesting. My parents, yeah. um, was it 23andMe? Like, they like they they sponsored a, like a blog post for their their story oh, too. Whoa. Oh yeah, that's a whole other that's story really though. Cool. <laughs> But, um, all right, cool. So anyways, ancestry, cool stuff. Yes. Um, okay. Well, do you want to start off by talking about like, what is the work that you do and how did you get into it? Yes. So I'm a TEDx speaker, author, blogger, and a mental health advocate for teenagers. Um, and I, that's kind of like what I call myself as, but I'm really just a motivational speaker for teenagers and young adults. Mm -hmm. And I specialize in anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also love talking about like trusting your gut feelings and just different things that have played out in my life. Um, and yeah, I love speaking at middle schools and high schools and just having 
the conversations basically that I craved when I was growing up because, and I think a lot of people relate to this. Like when I tell them my story, they're like, you're right. Like I kind of like felt that way too. And I grew up in um, Bay Area, Lafayette. Like if you go up to San Francisco and you go about 40 minutes east, it's Lafayette. It's like the East Bay Area. Really nice place to grow up, but it was very hyper competitive, like Mm -hmm. academically. And Mm -hmm. it was always like, you know, we drive this car and it's very just, it was a very nice, nice community. But it's a lot of like, well, my kid has this GPA and he's an honor student. And um, my mom used to call it like the race to nowhere. Cause it was like, you know, it's like these 14 year olds are like, I'm on the varsity sports team and I'm doing blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but what is that? Like, where is it going? Like, yes, it looks good on a college application and it looks good, but it's like, are you actually happy? Are you, Mm -hmm. are you just burning yourself out? And so thankfully, like my family, um, like the best people ever, like we, none of us were into academics ever. Like my parents, they were not academically, that was not their main focus. We call it zone of genius. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. That was just, they were both very creative, really intuitive, and just like love talking and helping people. And um, so that's been, that's just our family. And I just remember growing up, my parents were like, oh, like, I mean, obviously I couldn't get like Fs, but they were just like, don't worry about it. Like there was no pressure to get straight A's. And yeah. Same, same with my sister. So I grew up in like a really open-minded, like free-spirited household. Um, that's so cool. that shaped a lot of who I am today. And I hope one day to pass that on to like my Children, if I have one day and um, all that stuff. But so growing up there, really hyper competitive. And I just had such bad anxiety. Like I remember it as young as nine years old, like going to sleepovers and field trips and whatever else you do in elementary school. Right. And I just, anytime someone was like, Hey, do you want to, you got invited to this slumber party. We're going to go on this field trip. I would immediately would get really like anxious and I was like I I feel like sick and I I I was so young but I'm like I have like a stomach ache now Mm -hmm. yeah like what's going on and I just would get really really anxious and like cry to my parents and I just was like I can't do it like what if it was like what if all these thoughts like what if I get homesick and it's embarrassing and what if I like just all these like worst case scenario thoughts started as young as eight Wow. Years old. Yeah. Like just really. And my mom every day in elementary school, she'd be like, Hey, time to wake up for school. And I'd be like, mom, my arm hurts. I can't go to school. And she's like, well, yesterday you said your leg hurt. Like now I just, I was always like anticipating before. Yeah. Um, so my parents, you know, they, they took notice, like they were like, okay. And they never like belittled me or were like, Megan, you're doing this for attention. Like they were very just like, will calm you down. You're okay. Like, this is all fine. (laughs) And, um, so I love helping people and I genuinely struggled with anxiety from ages nine. And then it was kind of dormant when I was like 13 to 15. And then it got brought up when I was 16. Um, and so like nine to 17, yeah, I struggled. Um, and it manifested in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. it is not fun though. Yeah, especially as like, a kid, like when you have no idea what's going on, it's just like, yeah, it's wow. it's not fun. And thankfully, my family always was like trying to make me laugh and like you know just dance yeah. around, you'll feel fine. And um, I remember how old was I? Freshman year, I think I was actually fourteen. So 
so I would say like 12 to 14 it was dormant in middle school mm-hmm. like I, I I felt fine I was just like whatever I was like awkward I had like yeah <laughs> neck ear at night and braces and like a mullet haircut oh god the days <laughs> I know it's so bad um, oh god but freshman year and I talk about this like in my TED talk and everything I remember my first panic attack ever mm-hmm. like the first time where I was old enough to kind of put together the dots of like wait, was that just like a heart attack? Like when I was younger, you know, it was just like, I have a tummy ache and I'm going to like go home and talk to my mom or something. But when you're like 14, 15 and you know, you're going, oh my God, my God, my God. And then it's all of a sudden, like it's so many thoughts. And I think our bodies just like can't handle all the thoughts. So Mm -hmm. like, obviously you're eventually going to have like the whoa like the pit in your stomach where you get sweaty and hot flashes and you go numb and get tingly and it's awful and it's scary and you feel like you're about to pass out or just die or something and like I just remember my freshman year of high school sitting in my English class and I just I felt that like the chills full body and I was like clutching my desk like under it so no one would see me and it was just like such it was so scary but it was like what the like what yeah. was that? Yeah. I remember watch I watched your TED talk and yeah. you were like, Did anyone see that? And yes. that makes me so wonder, like, I wonder how many kids go through that. I wonder how many kids feel things like that and then don't talk about them and don't know how to talk about them. It's you know? it's so sad and that's actually a really cool thing that you brought up is like and that was really real. Like I remember holding my desk under so no yeah. one would see me and I immediately scanned the room. And I'm just like, like my teacher was still, you know, talking, but it's like, I felt like I left my body for 10 seconds, but it felt like four hours. And then I came back in and I'm just like, what just happened? Did I just get abducted by aliens? Like, it's like you black out, you forget. And I know, like, if you were to Google anxiety, the symptoms you can feel is like 600. Yeah. They manifest in like a variety of different ways. People go to the ER, they're like, I have appendicitis. I have... Um, a brain tumor. I have a heart. I'm having a heart attack, a stroke. Totally. And it's like, you can feel so many different things. I remember looking around just being like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing. Like what if someone saw me like pinching my hands or, um, just, I don't, you know, it's just like, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Totally. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fortunately I've never, I don't, I think I've ever really like struggled with anxiety. I've definitely felt struggled with depression and stuff. Yes. But I have seen and heard some people talk about it and it just seems very if you're not aware, it could just feel yeah, you don't know what it is. Like it's just it can manifest in a ton of different ways. It's it, yeah. It's awful and it can really just run your whole life if you don't manage it and like kind of just say, whoa, let's pump the brakes. Yeah. I need to get help. I want to like feel better because um, I think if you've been thinking a certain way for so long, and this is what I learned. When, so freshman year, that was the first panic attack. That was when I was 14. And by my by the middle of my sophomore year, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, because after that, my body like started anticipating that right. that feeling would happen in every single class. And I had seven classes. So it was just like, you're so tired because it's so much like adrenaline and you're ready to like fight or, you know, just, oh my God, my God, my God, my God. And then you like come down from it. 
And it was just like, I would get home at the end of the day and just like literally just go to my room and like sleep. Like I just was so tired and I just like, that was like my safe zone and stuff. But yeah, middle of my sophomore year, I was like kind of wanted to tell my parents. I'm just like, okay, so I like, this is just gone to a level where it's scaring me and I can't handle it. And yeah, I'm trying to get good grades because it was just, you know, it's like in high school, there's so much pressure and stress mm. it's like you have to get in this college and if you don't all your grades matter if you get a d on that history test then you're screwed mm. you know it's yeah. so everything matters and i just remember like sitting my parents down one day after dinner and literally just like like word yeah. vomiting for like an hour and i'm like i don't know what these episodes are it just it's scary i don't like it and they just kind of like looked at each other <laughs> and then they looked at we me know what's up. i know and they were like Megan, like our sweet Megan. Um, <laughs> but our, my dad was kind of like, okay, so you're feeling what I felt when I was your age, and it like runs on my side of the family. Mm. It's called anticipatory anxiety. Like, oh, wow. wel- welcome to the new yeah. world. Um, and that really, I was like, it ha- like it has a name. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not, like. But then I also was like, well, so I'm causing this to myself. Like it was a, a lot of epiphanies and light bulbs were going off and anxiety and any mental health issue. Like I personally have not had experience with depression, but Mm. it's like, it's a trip. Yeah, totally. It's, it's a lot. And I will say this till the day I die, but like you have to put in work if you want to feel better. Yeah. So then do you feel like it's ever a, stopping point do you feel like you're it's not so much like I'm better and my anxiety is cured or it's like I manage it and I know how to live with it yeah I um I don't think and I think that um kind of intimidates a lot of people that it's not like you take I I don't know what else to refer to but it's not like you know something where you take one pill and then you're cured yeah it's like I think that scares a lot of people and they're Mm -hmm. like wait I have to continuously work on myself and meditate. Right. But I think that's also like the beauty of it is like you get to go on this cool journey Mm. and just get to know yourself. Right. And like really just think about like, well, why do I do this to myself? Is it hereditary or was there like a traumatic event that just triggered my mind to be like, oh my God, I'm going to, the plane's going to crash. I'm not going to get home. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to die. I'm not going to make any friends. I'm going to like, right. But it, it's like, it's, I, I really think it's like a blessing. Like when yeah. I was younger, I used to be like, why me? This is awful. Of course I have like the braces and no guys talk to me and I'm the pale, like gangly, like girl yeah. with the big forehead. Like I was so hard on myself. Um, and As we all are at that no, age. No, it was awful. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, now that I've gotten older, it's, it's actually been a really profound journey that I've gone on with myself yeah. of really, um, just learning how to calm myself down so I can still go live my life. Yeah, totally. I think there's a lot of growth in people's struggles and anxiety, depression, all that mental health is like the biggest for people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause you, that's something you kind of learned with my depression up until very recently. And yeah. I was like, eventually like one day it's just going to be gone. But then like the <laughs> last time, like I had a really bad bout, I was like, all right, well, I don't think that's the case anymore. And I saw like a really, really awesome therapist and he was super chill and he was super helpful and stuff. And so it kind of made me realize I was like, all right, 
it's no longer going to be, I don't think it's going to ever be like, I'll never have to worry again. It's, yeah. it's realizing this, like what the symptoms are that are like, oh, this might be getting worse and learning how to live my life in a way that like manages it. Yes. And I don't want to say like keeps it at bay, but like that's not a bad thing. No, that's, that's a great way to like, yeah. Because in the process of keeping it at yeah. bay, yeah. I'm learning about myself. I'm growing. I'm like, bettering myself I'm doing practices like meditation and Mm -hmm. writing and getting to know myself Mm -hmm. better so I don't see yeah I don't see it as a bad thing like the journey is really beautiful no and I think that's a great word to use like keeping it at bay Mm -hmm. because I mean and I like throughout like after I graduated high school I had issues where my anxiety affected my sleep and then I just developed like oh my god if I get one bad it's to say it out loud, it sounds crazy, but when you are an anxious overthinker, you can literally take something and it will be just a merry-go-round for five hours, for five days, for five months. Right. And you start manifesting. You're like, oh my God, I'm never going to sleep again. What if I, like, you just, you take, take Hold things on. and run with them. And if you, that's why seeing a therapist or writing it down, it takes it out of your head and you're mm-hmm. like, and gives why, it less power. why would I think that? Yeah. That's not, one, it's not a productive thought. And two, it's like, and I, I didn't have this clicking moment until I was almost 17, like 16 and a half, where I was like, I remember I was at school and I, well, this is after a little bit of therapy and I'm like feeling more comfortable and stuff. And like, I had a great group of friends, but like, I just didn't tell anyone except for my family because I just felt like this is kind of like, not a secret, but it's like, it's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. And I, I just was like, I don't know how people are going to react. Like, what if they don't want to be friends with me again? Like, I really was totally. like, this is going to be a little secret between me and my parents and my sister. Um, but I just remember like, I was sitting in math class and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what if I never get better? And I can feel it oh, coming wow. in. Yeah. And I, you, you know, you feel like you're out of breath and you, it's scary. I felt like the I had tunnel vision and I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like trying to keep a poker face because I don't want anyone else to see me. Um, and then that in that moment, I remember thinking, I don't have to think this way. Like I, I don't. Why would I want to cause myself to feel the pit in my stomach every time yeah. I think a negative thought? It feels like a pit in my stomach. Yeah. That's like to me. That's like a form of like self harm. Right. Mm-hmm. We create our thoughts. So why would we want them? But it's it's hard when you're in your in your anxiety space and you're like, there's no way out. I can't get totally. it. Like, but it's like, you don't have to think thoughts that are like worst case scenario, negative. I'm going to die. I'm never going to get better. Because all those are like, they make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good point. <laughs> Wait, so then what? at what point did you, were you like, all right, I'm going to make a career out of this? Yes. So, so in high school... And this just, I mean, I just feel like I've always been naturally this person. So all throughout my academic career, like obviously starting in like eighth grade or seventh grade when, no, I mean, maybe it was sixth grade, seventh grade on to like ending high school. I didn't do well academically. Um, A mixture of it was just, I was not interested in it. It really didn't click with me. Mm. I was like, (laughs) I remember staring out of all my classes just being like, What's the point of this? Okay, like, so it's the point of it all. You just yeah, didn't see it. I, okay. did, I didn't see I did. it. I'm like, why am I being graded on 
like ratios and fractions and yeah. the bubonic plague and like yeah. <laughs> the civil <laughs> remembering, war. Remembering like all the history of America. And I'm like, why? This is all the past. Like, yeah. does this really matter? And I said, I, and I like, to me, that is smart. I was like, is this going to totally. like better my life when I'm 30 years old? Yeah. No. When am I going to need to know pi or like, but, um, you know, I kept on trying and I, my average GPA from like <laughs> seventh grade to end of high school was like a 2.4, a 2.5. Mm, yeah. Um, not the best, but once again, I just, I didn't care. Yeah. I, I like, know. I didn't care. I'd rather go home and like dance and be goofy and stuff. But the one thing that I really did that I was really good at, and it started as young as fourth grade, um, I was a, in fourth grade, so we could volunteer as a conflict manager what really That's yeah so cool and we would wear these like and we were like eight nine years old ten years old and we'd wear these like giant yellow oversized t-shirts that a conflict manager yeah that looked like <laughs> literal nightgowns because we were so little and they were like a men's size like and it said like lafayette elementary school conflict manager and it was basically during the recess i love like so little <laughs> you would go around with a clipboard with another conflict manager and go up to people if they looked like they were, it was the cutest that thing, so cute. but I was so into it. Yeah. If they had like, someone stole my goldfish or whatever is like an elementary school <laughs> with your clipboard. <laughs> no, so sophisticated. Like my glasses. <laughs> All right, Jackie, how did Jack make you feel? <laughs> I was so into it. I thought I was like a little cop. I'm like going around. I'm like, who needs to make itself? So, like, let's say people are, like, pushing each other or something, and they're like, oh, my God, it's, I don't know what's an elementary school problem. Like, yeah. Someone took my turn on the monkey bars, or, like, I'm upset, whatever. We'd go up to them and be like, it was a literal, like, a sheet that you'd fill out. I'd be like, okay, so what are your two names? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What time? <laughs> day did the incident occur? <laughs> what time of day did this conflict start? Like, why did you, and it was basically getting to the root of the issue, yeah. and then you had to hug at the end. But it was so cute, but I, I that really stuck with me, and I'm like, okay, so I, at the time, though, obviously I wasn't aware, but looking back, it's like, I always really loved helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, we, there was a, um, like, a, uh, I don't know what to call it, it's called St. Vincent's Day Home, and it was in Oakland mm-hmm. a few towns over, and it was for... Um, and Oakland has some parts that are just not so great. They're kind of like just ghetto and dangerous and stuff. Yeah. And the day home was right on a street that like was very dangerous, but it was for, um, parents who were like low income and they had nowhere to put their kids throughout the day and they didn't um, make a lot of money. So it was for free and the kids could get like fed and school and great, yeah. awesome. And so like me and my dad like would volunteer there almost like a, just a lot when I was growing up, he'd be like, Megan, like we have it so well off, but like, I want you to always remember, like it could be worse and just to stay grateful. And so mm-hmm. we would go there and volunteer. And I remember like when I was like 10 years old, I did a bunch of lemonade stands and babysat and whatever you can do at 10. And like, um, I raised money for like a particular family that wanted to buy new clothing for Christmas. They couldn't mm-hmm. afford it. So I raised $150 and I still am in my childhood room, like in a, somewhere under like in a bookcase, I have the card that they gave me and it was like so cute. And I just remember like, this feels better to me than like sitting in a math class. Like yeah. something just clicked. And then, um, but yeah, all throughout high school, middle school, I just, I was like the friend that you would go to for advice. Mm-hmm. I did so bad academically and I had such bad anxiety, but 
I really, I never wanted any person to feel like alone or right. just yeah. like they're having a bad day and they have no one to talk to um, or just they're not like anything. I'm just like, I'm here for y'all. Like people would vent to me for hours and cry to me. And I just was like, people would just be like, Megan, this guy's not talking to me. I was like, sit down child. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk this out. I was always that friend. So academically I sucked, but I didn't try and I did not enjoy it. And I didn't see the point in it. Yeah. Um, But I was like, I loved acting. I loved drama class. I loved helping people. So that really came natural to me. And then after high school, I was like, Hmm. I don't want, cause most people, if you didn't get good grades, you'd go to like the local community college, DVC. Yeah. No. And I'm like, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stay in this town. So I'm like, let's move down to Los Angeles. Oh, you went to school down here for yeah, a little bit? Yeah. I did Santa Monica City College oh. for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and I, hated it I'm, once again the Fair feelings enough. came back of like oh my gosh Why? like I this academics it's really not a fit but I'm like I do want to see you know let's go outside my town if I'm better academically where it's not as like high stress pressure still the same didn't click I was really unhappy and then January 2016 I actually had a huge health scare oh. and that was like a seven month long thing and it was a really low time in my life, but um, I really feel like it happened for a reason because I was really unhappy in school and I still yeah. had the urges of like, I want to make a YouTube channel. I want to write a book. Like I want to um, create something cool. And then I was misdiagnosed a lot then had a session with the medical medium, Anthony Williams. Oh, and yeah, I, I know that. my mom like somehow got that and that changed my life. He fully like properly diagnosed me and then, I felt really inspired and I'm like, yeah, I have this kind of second shot at life. So then it's a long story, but I, you know, slowly started was like, what do I, what makes me happy? And then that kind of led to now. Yeah, <laughs> wow. And you did, you chose kids because that's like, or not kids, but yeah, kids, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teens yeah. like being called kids nowadays. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, teens. Uh, that you chose them because that's like when you really felt the most struggle and the hardest struggle and you want to have the biggest impact on them and stuff. Yes. And that age, every time I speak at like a boys and girls club, a YMCA, a middle school, high school, I just like see them and you know, half the time they're kind of just like, uh, and I, I know, I know what it's like to be in high school. I mean, you're just like, what the heck? Like you're bored and you don't like, we used to have assemblies called Nightmare on Puberty Street. <laughs> I'm shut up. Nightmare really? on Puberty Street. And it was these adult actors coming in in like K- Kmart clothing. <laughs> and it looked, they looked like Dora the Explorer, but like an adult actor. I'm not kidding. They had like turquoise backpacks and like the soft like shorts. And they were like, say no to drugs. Like practice safe sex if you feel pressured. And it was, I remember I was like, am I on like did I just go on a different planet? Like oh my God. that kind of stuff. I'm like, teenagers don't care. That yeah. serves no purpose. No one takes that seriously. Like a bunch yeah. of 40 year old adult totally. actors from like the local theater coming in <laughs> being like, Hey man, like it's like, it's, too the, funny. it's like oh their curriculum God. hasn't changed since like the 1980s. And yeah. They're like, say no to drugs, like use birth control and preventative. I don't even, it's so stupid, but like, so I know what it's like. And, yeah. um, but yeah, that place in my, like, it has such a big spot in my heart. Like, totally. I know what it's like. I graduated high school in 2014 and I just like, I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is like the best, if someone feels like they're struggling with depression, anxiety, yes. whatever, like, what do you think is, it's so hard to ask for help. 
Right. Oh, he, especially yeah. at that age. Yeah. It's so hard to ask for help. What do you give? Do you give advice to kids about how to reach out or what's the first step to like taking control of it? I, um, I would say one, just kind of having the moment of yourself where you realize like maybe I do need help. Mm. And also knowing that the word help, it's like, it's not because you're bad or something right. is wrong. I think people see help and they're like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm suicidal. And this is like, it's going to be blown out of proportion, but it's like, just have that moment yourself where you realize like, okay, maybe my thoughts aren't even realistic. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, take the proper steps, whether that is seeing a therapist or just telling your parents, telling a guidance counselor, telling your friends, telling a teacher, telling a coworker, an employee, yeah. Um, just telling someone you literally feel like physically better, right? You feel like calmer and you feel the weight off your shoulders. And, um, I think just be proactive about it and yeah. just know that like, you know, you can't really just put a bandaid over it and you're like, it's fine. And it's, it's like, imagine you got shot by a gun and it's like a bandaid. It's fine. It's That's still cool. Festering <laughs> <laughs> with pus. Gushing blood. Oh, yeah. It's like becoming infected. But it's like, I think that's what people do is like, they try to yeah. meditate one time or they're like, um, you know, I, I, um, saw a therapist one time, but it's like, you can't put a bandaid over a gunshot wound. Like yeah. you have to dig in deep and like clear it out and get to the root mm. of it. And it's a lifelong journey. Um, but yeah, I say don't be embarrassed. And I used to think that and telling my parents, like, I felt just so much like, this is so awkward. Like, right. what, if, what if it's actually something else and I'm chronically sick? Like, I had so many thoughts, but just tell whoever you trust and just know that getting help, it's not a bad thing. Right. It I will know. make you feel better. And I, I just feel like so many teenagers are like, if I tell my parents, they're going to blow it out of proportion and send me away to like a camp, you know, where it's yeah. like a, a alternative school or my friends are going to stop talking to me or something, but it's like, just do whatever feels right to you. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that there's such like a weird stigma around mental health here? It's like there, people like, are like killing themselves from being suicidal and stuff, but don't want to talk about it. I it's know. Like, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Ah, I don't know. It's and so I, weird. I will tell you this, every single school that I speak at, whether it's middle school or high school, Every time when I talk to the teachers after or whomever, you know, the guidance counselor, the nurse, they're always like, you know, Megan, like, blah, 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 that's so awesome. And then they're like, every single school, the number one reason for kids being absent from school is mental health. Oh, really? That really shocked me. Like, it's anxiety, really? it's depression, it's yeah. panic. Yeah. I mean, every, every single school that I've spoken at, which is a lot, like, that they always say that. Yeah. Megan, the number one reason for kids being absent and tardy and not wanting to go to mm -hmm. class is because of mental health issues. Yeah. My friend's a, um, what's it called? A, I guess kind of, she's in the process of getting, becoming a licensed therapist. So she has to do hours and she works at a school in Los Angeles. And like, she's, she tells me the most sad stories of these kids oh, and they're like no. eight and seven and like depressed and anxious and like thinking about like that they don't want to be alive and stuff like that and it's like a lot of That's, kids and it's a lot I feel it's, like it's an epidemic though. yeah I feel like, like what you're saying what you said is like 
find someone because what's sad is it's not the parents aren't always receptive like that's no. so amazing that you and yes. I feel like that's why you're probably so good at the work you do is that you grew up in an environment that was like let's talk let's be free let's be like oh, yeah. let's express yes. ourselves and like that's the kind of yeah. thought leader that yeah. like this movement needs yeah but for a lot of kids like the parents are just like why are you sad you have food. Why are you, you know? Oh, and then that's like, kind of stuff. It, oh I know. It's, so it's just finding yeah. someone, even if it's not your parents. I know. And, um, yeah. I mean, thank the heavens. Like my parents, Dead and Courtney, um, <laughs> uh, literally the best people. Like, yeah. The most open minded. If I were to say like, mom, I want to be an astronaut. I believe in aliens. She'd be like, Frick, yeah, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, We're all going yes. to NASA. Like, they're the most supportive. Like, I love that. They always just wanted to see me and my sister happy. Yeah. And they never once ever throughout all of my anxious pan, they, they've seen me cry and have panic attacks and they've, mm-hmm. they've had to calm me down and they never once were like, you know, shut up, get over it, suck it up. You're doing this for attention. They never ever once were like, You'll be fine. Suck it up. You are doing this for attention. You're wanting something. Yeah. You the the guilt trip where they're like, you have a nice house. What is there to be anxious about? Oh, they yeah. never ever once did that. They were like, they like just held me and they're like, Megan, you're gonna be so fine. And they're like, we're gonna put you in therapy. Mm. And then that changed my whole entire life. It's like, yeah, they, they were the most like the best parents that like any teenager who's going through that could have asked for, and like. I mean, they're still to this day like rock stars. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Megan's parents. I know. No, they're the best. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. Do you have any experience working with like um, people our age or just like older people, or is it mostly in like the uh, high school, elementary school type of realm? Mostly like thirteen to eighteen. Okay, so high school. Um, and I don't maybe you know as I I don't really know what the future holds for like just my career and me like obviously I'm so open minded to things changing and um, maybe I'm gonna want to speak to people of all ages or people in their like twenties and stuff but I really love just helping teenagers yeah. and um, it's like I feel like I'm going in and just speaking and saying basically what they want to hear but they don't know how to get it and they yeah. don't know who to ask for yeah because um, I feel like they're just like there's and I've reached out to some schools and they're just like, we are actually totally okay and we will take a pass on that. I'm like, really, dude? Yeah, like, yeah. I just feel like teenagers everywhere, there's so much like social media comparison stress. And so I love speaking to teenagers. Um, it just, that age, like I have personal struggles and like, it was just, it was such a bizarre age. And I think other people do this too, but like, I like, if I were to like see my younger self or be friends with her, like I would have no idea she was struggling. Like I literally was like the leader of the group. I was the one who every weekend, like I was a major social butterfly. Mm -hmm. Like I think people with anxiety or any mental health issue can be, can go kind of like the hyperactive or the hypo. Right. Like they can be more introverted. Totally. Keep to themselves. Um, and, or the social butterfly who's like, no problem and like totally. I took that route um and I was like the leader of my friend group I'm like I was always the one who was like finding the parties like I was always like yeah. I'm gonna be there for you all we're gonna have the best time ever like and so I just was like I kept it very hidden yeah 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 there's like a quote it's like check on your strongest friends because it's like those <laughs> I know the strongest or what's the word yes yeah, the, the most outgoing because you're right 
it's it is kind of like the it's not always the people that are so super quiet and everything that are having the struggles. It can be the ones that are super no. outgoing. Yeah, I remember the last time I like had a really bad bout of depression. Like right before that was, I went to the Pride Festival mm. and I was out there like, yeah, guys, let's go. Like, woo. like I sometimes I get like super, right? super like uh, outgoing and I'm yes. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like then when I finally told my friend what was going on, he's like, I had no idea. Like you were so, you seemed so fine the other day, and I was like, no, no. It's like easier to d- over, like over, almost over exaggerate, like yes. that you're okay yes. than to, yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's an interesting thing too. Like, and I think that when I was a teenager, um, it, I felt like okay, so I'm not telling people how I really am doing because mm-hmm. it's like I had to. I felt like I was living two separate lives, kind of like yes, I still I enjoyed high school. Like I was never bullied or anything severe like I I had a great home life great friends but I you know I would go to school and I just was like the class clown in drama class all four years and um and then I would go home and it was like time to go to therapy time to get journaling and um it wasn't like I was going home to like a white walled you know padded room but like it was just very interesting and I feel like I didn't tell people how I felt and that kind of side of my life so then I, I just was always the friend that was like the giving people pleaser. Like, yeah. I don't know. one needs to care how I'm feeling. And, um, it just, I, I had great friends, but I feel like I, I didn't form like genuine deep connections. Right. Like, right. oh my gosh, like we're going to bond over like genuine stuff. Cause I felt like I kept that like closed off. So then I wasn't like, it just was uh, interesting. So you like made a lot of friends, but none that were like, not none, but like they weren't like necessarily super deep. Yes. And in high school, I think that could be hard for a lot of kids because they're going through, maybe they have a bad home life or they're bullied and they're just like, I have the great friend group. And it's like, it it is scary to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's hella. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I said hella. That's that's clear from the Bay Area. I know. It's it's really, it's really scary to be vulnerable. Totally. And I, I would clam up anytime someone was like, well, how are you doing? Like, I just kind of deflected it with humor. That was my biggest right. thing. And um, now it's interesting. I'm in this cha- second chapter of my life. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just being so open. And, like, mm-hmm. it's crazy because, like, people from my high school have reached out to me. And they've seen me, like, yeah. on the news. And, do- and they're it's just, so like, crazy. it's, like, it's healing. And it's, like, yeah. full circle. And I'm just, like, the world gets to know, like, the real Megan Gallagher. Exactly. Like, yes, I'm still funny. And I love... I still love the same stuff, but it's like I'm open about that side of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And putting it out there for everyone, that's really brave. Like, yeah. choosing to make it like your career and kind of like your purpose and your calling. Like, that's beautiful. All right, there are three questions I have to ask everyone on my podcast. Yes. And you have been made aware of them. Yes. I feel like this is like, this is like, this is like the lightning round. <laughs> I feel like it's a TV show, like Deal or No Deal, where the lights go dim. The lights dim. <laughs> All right, now. Yeah. I know, like, sometimes I'm like, I need to work on my transitions a little bit better. I'm like, and, and, all right, now, serious, now. Yes. Now we're this is kind of a new question I've been asking people, but yes. what's a book do you, that you think has impacted and shaped your life and how it is now? I would say there's this book called The Seven Wonders that I read growing up, oh. and I don't remember the author, but it was the cutest story about 
like this little boy growing up in a tiny hometown and he didn't have many friends and he just it was like a little like town in Texas or something yeah and he just felt like stuck and the cover it's like an all yellow gold and um he was so he had such a big imagination though that it like helped him get through his tiny town and just the troubles that he was going through and every day in his mind and it like he would have like a backyard and just run around and have this huge imagination of like I'm every day was seeing a new seven the seven wonders of the world like the great pyramids of Egypt or um I don't even know like the great barrier reef what are the other ones yeah (laughs) there you go Um, Is the Eiffel Tower like? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounds so bad, but like, you know what I mean? Like every every day, it was just cute, and it just reminded me of like, just you really, you internally, like we have the power to really create our realities. Yeah. And he, this boy had absolutely nothing, and he was like dirt poor. But every day after school, he just would, you know, imagine. Let's imagine I'm in Egypt, and what yeah. would it, what would it smell like? What would it sound like? And that book for me was like. It just, it was, it was like a, and it was an escape. I love reading. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. You're like the second person that brought up a book that impacted them from their childhood. Yes. Like, yeah. That's so cool. I think that's so interesting. Yeah. All right, cool. And speaking of younger self, what advice would you give your younger self? Calm down. <laughs> like, calm the fuck down. No, I would say <laughs> calm down. You are going to be fine. And just be your real self. You don't have to people please. And like the right people who are meant to stay in your life will be there. Yeah. Um, I used to be so fixated on like, we, and I think a lot of high schoolers were like, well, we have to go to this party and we have to be seen here. And it's like cool. And, um, I just calm down and just like love yourself. I was, I was such a giving. I still am. I love giving. I love helping other people, but I was so hard on my body and I was so critical of like my forehead is this way and I have braces and I have pimples and um, just cal- yeah, calm down and just like, yeah. you're fine. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're fine. I think a lot of people, a lot of people need to hear that maybe like every day. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I like that one. Cool. Um, and then the last one, what do you hustle for? I hustle for the next generation. I that's a good one that's uh, that's totally you yeah I I want to be a voice and a role model in that like I always say you can turn your pain into your purpose and like I I've been there I have struggled so badly and I kept it hidden and I had so many stories and beliefs of like but if I tell people this and if I do that, but then if I, I'm seen this way and if it's, it's going to be bad, it's going to be too, it's going to be embarrassing. And, um, I'm not going to have as many friends, whatever, but it's like, I'm just doing it for the next generation. I work my butt off and I just am doing it really from a genuine place. And I just want to help teenagers. Like these, you know, these are steps that I took. No, I'm not a doctor. I don't have a degree, but I have freaking personal experience, dude. From Which 9 is, to 17. Yeah. I want to just be like, here's tips, here's tools. You're not alone. You can feel better. Right. Um, that's, yeah. Yeah. I just want to help. Spe- <laughs> yeah. Speaking from a place of experience is like, is the most impactful mm-hmm. to someone. Because it's mm-hmm. like relating to someone and being like, all right, I've been there is better than like, all right, this is what you need to do according to like textbooks and my degree and what I learned, you know? Right. I feel like the personal experience is really like helps people connect and be and felt feel understood and I think like when 
you have someone who comes in and they're very open and honest and they're like, you know, this is my story. Yeah. I'm not perfect. Um, I, totally. I'm still, you know, I'm not a perfect person. I think people are just like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. She's literally sharing her personal story. She's not like some, you know, old person who's like, I have this degree in yeah. like psychology. It's like, I literally, I've been there, done that. Um, and I just want teenagers to know it's like, it breaks my heart to think that there are people in this world of all ages, but especially teenagers, because I just feel like there are these like soft, precious things that are like growing yeah. up and coming into their own who feel alone or they feel mm-hmm. not good enough or that they don't have resources or they don't know who to ask for help. It's like, I want to educate them on feeling empowered yeah. and confident in that you can talk about it openly. And it's who cares what other people think or how they react. Like it's your power that you're speaking about your struggles. Exactly. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, the work you do is really great. So then do you want to give everyone information about how they can find you and like also information about your TED talk and your books? Yes. All that good stuff. So, um, I do have a website. It's just my name, Megan, M-E-G-A-N-W, my middle name, um, and then Gallagher, G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R.com. Good. Thank you for spelling, because people don't, I'm like, no, nah, you gotta spell that. Because I know. Been, like, especially Megan, like, no offense, but like, you can literally spell <laughs> Megan, like, 10 different ways. Some people, some people have Y's in there, some people have like H's right? and N's, and yeah, I'm like, whoa, A's, but it's Megan, normal, M-E-G-A-N. Um, wgallagher.com. I also have YouTube. It's basically my name for every platform. Cool. Instagram, Facebook, um, Megan Gallagher. I have a personal and a business page. My TED Talk, um, it's just on YouTube. If you just Google yeah. like Megan Gallagher TED Talk or yeah. Megan Gallagher Anxiety. It's, Do you know what the, the title is? It's Anxiety, the New Teen Epidemic. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And then I have my website. All my books are on there. They're on Amazon. Um, but yeah, I have a website, Instagram, yeah. hit me up. Alright, awesome. Thank you so much for coming out. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank that was you. awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Hustle Podcast. If you want to, you can follow along with me on Instagram. My handle is at wanderwithkirsty, W-A-N-D-E-R with K-I-R-S-T-I-E. Shoot me a DM. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you didn't like. Let me know what you want to hear. It's better than just you listening to my voice all the time. I do want to actually get to know and talk with you guys. Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please, please leave me a review. I want to hear what you think, and it really helps other people that want to find my podcast be able to search for it. So until next week, guys, remember, keep choosing yourself. Keep hustling for yourself because in the end, you really do deserve it.